Compartmentalized. Have you ever read the book Holes? Yeah, twice. Why? Why what? Why did you read it twice? I thought it was good. How did it hold up? Kevin shrugs and holds up the joint. I hold up my hand and shake it like a hula girl on a dashboard. We stare down the steps, across the street, past the camper that is now sitting on his truck. We spent the last half hour jacking and lowering, backing and forwarding to get it there. They always wanted to get the short shovel, I say. Oh yeah. They had to dig those holes, the width and depth of their shovels. How do you remember that? I read holes to my eighth grade class. Like, out loud? Yes, and not to the eighth grade class, but to my eighth grade class. It was in Mr. Croyce's class. I once had someone tell me, dialogue should never be in italics. People don't talk in italics. But he said italics in a way that made me think it would have been written in italics. I feel like people would complain today. I was a pretty good reader. I mean, like, the parents. True. Did you read anything else out loud back then? The Bible. The word has gravitas. I let it sit between us. How often? I was one of the people Pastor Jim asked to read. You were on the short list. He asked me every six weeks, give or take. What was he like? He had 70s hair. Like a helmet? I nod. Shiny even. He wore slacks and button-ups with faded pink squares and thick stripes next to thin ones. When they started at the church, he and Lou came around with loaves of fresh banana bread. She baked them all. It's strange to say, I'm 34, but I remember a time when people just showed up at your house, unannounced. I liked when Chris Madreski stopped by. That's right. See, that's it exactly. You want another hit? Okay. I wonder if Lou hated going to a new church because Jim would be like, Okay, hon, I need 40 loaves of banana bread. After I exhale... I climb up into my head for a bit, sit and watch scenes from my life go by. What was reading the Bible at church like? I was 13. Pastor Jim would call and say, Hello, Nate. How are you? I'm good, Pastor Jim. Everything good with you? Yes, thank you. Say, I was calling because I'm preaching on Exodus 21 through 24, the Ten Commandments. That's right. And I was wondering if you'd like to read it. I used to read in church. Twice a year, each class put on a mass. That's how often it came around. Basically, if you could read, you got a part. You were in a bigger pool than me. Yeah, but you read more often. Want one? Nah, I was in 10. I mean, I was in fourth grade. I was 10. My teacher asked me to read about birdhouses at the county fair. What kind of birdhouses? It was part of a conservation project for wetlands. We practiced every day with Mr. Morgan for a couple weeks. I read it to my mom and my bus driver. There was one word I kept repeating on the playground and in the lunch line. Here, I'll take one. I hold on to the bobbing log of a story as the river of smoke surrounds me. There were three of us. Well, <clears throat> three people before me. I was batting cleanup. Cleanup hitter. I went last, and we had to start before everyone got there. We were all kids, so Mr. Morgan had to get us back to school before our buses left. There were only a few people in the crowd when the others started. Halfway through my speech, all these people in sports coats and slacks came in, carrying notepads. Business casual. 30, 40 people, mostly men. They had been in a meeting that let out just in time for my speech. Wow. My hands started shaking. I, I remember the sheet of paper fluttering like a dove's wing. I pushed my hand down onto the wooden podium. To steady it? I nod. 
I regained control, but then I ran into that big word. I mean, I had practiced and I knew that word. I knew how to say it, but I was ashamed to say it in front of them. Pronouncing it would be admitting that I had spent all that time practicing, which meant what I would really be saying is, this is important to me. Words are important to me. I started to stammer. Then I looked in the front row. There was Mr. Morgan. He was sitting like this. I crossed my legs and leaned back, spreading my arms out wide to rest on the back of an imaginary bench. And he goes, compartmentalized. He mouthed it? Yes. All cool like that? I nailed the rest of the speech. One of those guys with a notepad, he was even writing stuff down by the end. That makes three. Three what? Times you read out loud in your formative years. I did not like it. I got so nervous preparing and gassy. And what? I get gassy when I'm nervous. I didn't know that. I hated the preparation. I hated doing it. It wasn't until after that it felt good. You don't like public speaking? I didn't enjoy living it, but I enjoy reliving it. You'd do it again. The fun is in doing it again, in reliving it. Like tonight, I get to speak without any of the negative. I get to be the hero of the story. It's like chasing something down. I, I killed the stag in the king's forest and now I'm sharing it with everyone. Robin Hood. Kevin says with a corny accent, things worth doing are like that. You pay for it up front. It's no fun, but then it's yours. What do you mean? I try to hold on to my thoughts, keep my head above water. When you drink, it's really fun at the time, but then you pay for it later. Oh, such an asshole. Kevin jokes, passing me the joint. Exactly. Okay, okay, one more. I exhale, and I'm suddenly very self-conscious. Are you okay with me rambling on? Yeah, I wish I could do this all night. There are some things I hate reliving that I haven't paid for. The things I love remembering, those are mine. I paid for them. Last chance. He holds up the roach. I'm good. I'm high. I used to collect words like they were rocks. I compared them to each other. I loved finding new ones. I rolled them around inside my mouth and rubbed them against one another, the same way I do with rocks in my pocket. What are you doing the rest of the night? I don't know. I gotta catch the ferry. Thanks again for helping me put the camper on. I nod and he bounds down the steps. His lights fade into the night. I go inside, sit on the couch, and watch the cats. Kevin's brother's fiance just had a baby. We took care of their dog, Walter, for a few days. He chased the cats upstairs where they hid until he left. I'm sorry about Walt, Kevin said. It's all right. They are all right. I want to teach them how to be courageous, not safe. They have claws for a reason. One day they are going out into the world. And there are worse things than Walter out there. Now I watch them strutting around downstairs for the first time in three days. The black one lies in wait, then leaps out at the tabby. Her claws scrape on the floor, then catch. They disappear around the corner. I hear them running upstairs, then running back down. They reappear, only this time the tabby is chasing the black cat. I try to think of a word for it and picture the page in my hand pulsating like pinions, the solid grain of the podium, and the man in the front row writing these words. This is the death of shame. Mm -hmm.